Welcome, everyone. This is See Us, Hear Us. On this episode, Bradley and I talk to a very accomplished young lady, Jessica, a self-advocate, teacher at the Self-Advocacy Association of New York State, board member at a local provider here on Long Island, and a person who continues to make a real difference in her community. Hi, Jessica. How are you? We really appreciate you joining us today. No problem. Let me just outline a little bit about our podcast, See Us, Hear Us, and what our overall objectives are. This is a um, show that affords people with disabilities the opportunities to share their stories. And our intent is to build personal connections with a broader community. And this is also another mechanism for us to foster the whole concept of people having a voice and to make a positive impact. Our hope is that through personal experiences of the people that we support and have the pleasure of working with like you, we can kind of redefine the definition of disability. It's one of our primary areas of interest. In addition, we want to tackle subject matter that is relevant to our folks and some of the um, social barriers that impact inclusion, like employment and friendships, relationships, bullying, you know, self-directed supports and some other services that people may be interested in. And of course, to increase public awareness. So we really appreciate you being a part of our show and we'd love to get started to hear your own personal journey. So why don't you start, Jessica, by telling us a little bit about yourself. We're very excited to hear more. Yes, me too. So hi, my name is Jessica. I um I used to live. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be 49 in June. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm 50. I'm going to be 49. Um, so like I think I've as far as the disability community over the past 49 years, I've seen a lot and a lot. Not only what we've seen today, but what we've seen in the past and how I compare it to, to the present day, and how we can teach our children of the future. Um, I went to school from um, 19, 19, probably 1979 through 1992 and graduated with an IEP diploma. At that time, people said to me, like, because I have a learning disability and I was so palsy, they said I couldn't do much, that I wasn't capable of living on my own, wasn't capable of having a job or anything. And so... <laughs> I had the last laugh. To, I have the last laugh because today I have not only one job, I have two jobs, and I'm always being given recommendations to go to another committee, another group. And I live on my own. I have self directed now. Jessica, where do you work? So I work for Advocacy in New York State. I also work for another provider agency on Long Island. And what do you do for the provider agency? Advocacy support. I'm a quality. I'm a rights ambassador and a quality assurance. Um, a quality, a quality, a quality assurance person. Well, congratulations to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Self Advocacy Association? So, Self Advocacy Association um, was actually was it actually job that it's an agency that supports um, people, not only people, not only, I'm not, well, I not only advocate for myself, but I advocate for other people all across New York State. 
And you're advocating for what exactly? I know there are many arms to the advocacy. We're advocating for everything, keeping rights from basically everything from picking our own shirt to like advocating med- for Medicaid and Medicare and for DSP um, charges in New York State and how they should get paid more money and so and things like that. And what does Sanis do locally here on Long Island? We've been we've been lobbying for things like staff supports. Um, we've been doing support decision making, which is a new endeavor, which is supposed to be like a new project they're doing to help people um, make choices instead of, instead of having having an option to guardianship. Let me ask you, what do you think the number one priority is for the Sanis groups and other provider agencies to tackle as we enter this new post pandemic era? I think I think that Medicaid's a real big one. And the fact that there isn't enough support staff anywhere, it's not only a Long Island issue, it's a countrywide issue, not having staff. I could not agree more that it is an yeah, absolutely a nationwide issue. What do you think we can do to change that? I think it I think it'd be it would be great if we could like reach out to like high schools and colleges and things like that. Or maybe people haven't don't know much about us. Like maybe going a little bit outside the box a little bit. One of the things that I know that my provider agency has been working on as well as Sandy's is we're involved in a diversity equity inclusion program, which is now going to be country like not only countrywide, but all it's gonna be all over the world. And we have people coming to our con- our conference at my provider agency from all over the country. And all over the world, we have people come from Australia, people come from England. We're going to have speakers from different countries. And that's another outlet to having. And also, my provider agency is building a farm, has built a farm where they're going to be um, getting, sharing the things that they crop and grow. They're going to mm-hmm. be sharing that, that, that stuff they, 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 you know, they find, like they, they might be building herbs or corn. They're going to be selling mm-hmm. that or pies and selling that to the community. And when the community has access to that, they'll know that people with disabilities do good work. You know, I love the idea, Jessica, of connecting with other countries, particularly to engage people in the idea of potentially coming to the United States and becoming support staff. That would be an extraordinary way to kind of increase the, the volume. The project that we're doing with um, other countries is a project that's called Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. Mm-hmm. Looking at people from different cultures and looking at people from LGBT status. They're looking at people with disabilities because a lot of right. people still today still look at people that are different as like not good or bad people. Mm-hmm. We want people to know that all people that all people should be thought of in, uh, with kindness, not like discriminatory. Because mm-hmm. they're black or they're Asian or they're Chinese or they're have they have cerebral palsy or they have a learning disability or they're have autism. We want to know, or because they're gay. We want people to know all people should be loved with kindness. Yes, absolutely. Jessica, let's talk a little bit more about the staffing crisis and some of what we could do, not only Sanis, but the provider community and provider agencies. What is it that we need to do to help kind of increase the number of people interested in working with those we're privileged to support? 
Well, I think right now one of the biggest things that CNAs is working on, and we've been working with um, other provider agencies, is the fact that people should be writing to their congressmen, their legislators, and their policymakers about personal stories and how those personal stories are affecting people with disabilities because there's a staffing crisis. You know, you raise a really good point because I'm not so sure all of our legislators and local politicians have a good working understanding of the field and the critical situation that we are faced with and that the organizations really need to find creative ways to bring more support staff into our um, field of work in order for us to make this sustainable. Yes, absolutely. Bradley, you know, you have also helped us through the Speakers Bureau, and this is a good opportunity for Speakers Bureau maybe to connect with Sanis to bring that communication into our high schools. And we have actually visited many schools ourselves. Oh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, um, Speakers Bureau was uh, starting, me and Lisa would go to high schools and stuff like that, and we would speak about disability for people who have disabilities and also how it's hard for us because one day you might have a good staff that you like a lot and then next week she leaves. Right. That's the hardest thing ever. Right. And I know that organizations are working and I could speak on behalf of free working on creating an opportunity for direct support professionals to find a career path within our organization and we are doing all we can to incentivize staff to remain with us and to build a career within the network of free. And I know other organizations are doing something very similar. So we really appreciate Sani's making this a key priority and we would do anything we can to collaborate with you on that effort. So Jessica, I would like to talk a little bit about your success because you have received the self-advocate of the year award so congratulations for your extraordinary oh, yes. work congratulations jess that was like 2014 when i first moved to self-direction but yes it's a very big accomplishment for me it is an extraordinary accomplishment and that is a perfect segue into my next question about self-direction you are living on your own in an apartment right and in the past when i was a child a lot of people said i couldn't live on my own so i had a walker and i and the and the dignity of risk. Yes. Well, look at you now, Jess. Jessica, talk to us a little bit about self-direction. So, um, I like self-direction because it's one-on-one, but it is. I won't, I won't let. I won't sugarcoat it. It is a very big responsibility because every week, not only do I have to uh, have one-on-one staff, which is great, but I have to do. There's a big job that comes with self-direction. Like you have to fill out paperwork and you have to sign a form that if someone isn't doing their job you're responsible for firing them and getting rid of them and things like that so it is i won't sugarcoat it as much as if it's good because of one-on-one staffing it is um i would say it is a hard job because you have to do a lot of paperwork and the self-directed staff support you in what way they help me. My self-directed staff help me with technology, like setting if something happens to my Nintendo. They help 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 me set me up with um Wi-Fi, or help me with my TV, or help me cook dinner or do my laundry. 
or taking me to the bank, things like that, or taking me to physical therapy. When it comes to Wi-Fi and technology supports, I really need my own self-directed staff as well. So I'm <laughs> yeah. in the same boat as you. It makes it harder and harder because everybody has like has like these these special like smart TVs. Or if you don't have Wi-Fi signal, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> So Jessica, let me ask you, you graduated from the Partners in Policymaking course at Cornell University. Can you talk a little bit about what that course meant to you? So like um, like I said earlier, in, in high school, I didn't graduate with an IEP diploma, which basically like made me feel like I'm never going to get anywhere in life because I've learned disability. So when I went to Partners in Policymaking, it the fact that it was a college course made me feel very proud when I finished it and graduated from it. I learned so many things. Um, there's a, a the young woman who's my mentor today. I still I still chat with as as a um I still talk to today as, as a mentor and she and she's a friend of mine. So I still talk to her through social media as a friend. Let me ask you another question. Perfect segue from the course that you took at Cornell. Sani's has their own university. Yes, we do. Talk yes, to us do. a little bit about that university, because I really think our listeners would be very interested in learning more about it. And I understand that you're one of their trainers. So, um, yes, we have, it's called the University of Personal Growth. And what it is really, it's just, we teach people about disability history, as well as um, some of the things that they need in real life to teach, to be good self-advocates, to speak up for themselves. And how many people typically participate in the university? How are we able to get more people through the university? What is it that we can do? And what is it that this show can do? Maybe just tell people, I think, about our class. And if they need to, they need to want to sign up, they can go to um, the city's website. And on Long Island, just look at Long Island. If they want to go to another region, like Buffalo or uh, or like Westchester, they can go through the same website as well. And that's the Self-Advocacy Association of New York State website. And then people can access the information there. Yeah. Well, that is just terrific. Talk to us a little bit about your board appointment. I understand that you are on the board of directors for Nassau HRC. Yes, I'm on the board of... Um, I'm on the actual. Um, I'm actually on the board of directors for HRC. I've been there for several years. Um, they, it's really, really a nice um, privilege as an advocate because I get to talk about things that I feel, um, um, things that I feel that are important for self advocates. You know, one of the things I actually shared was the fact that one of the projects Sandy's and H. HRC have been working on really closely, and other agencies across Long Island, across the state have been working on is something called supported decision making. So we're literally we just we just found out last week the um, person for Long Island, the coordinator for Long Island, just found out last week that supported decision making has passed in the Senate. So that's a really really good um, thing. But we still have our job doesn't stop, our advocating job never doesn't stop there. We still need to talk to the people in the assembly to make sure they they know that they need to pass this so that it, support decision making across New York State can be an option for everybody. Why don't you use this as an opportunity to tell our legislators why supported decision making needs to be approved 
because because if you have um, guardianship, guardianship um, basically takes away the rights of a person with disabilities from everywhere from voting to like this person making a choice like going on vacation or holding your money. So we we feel that we feel that if people were able to get an alternative to um, guardianship, then that'd be a wonderful thing. I think it's an extraordinary thing. I think it's very yeah. important that people better understand supported decision making, mm-hmm. so that people with disabilities can really lead their own lives and make decisions that are important to them. Jessica, well, you are incredibly impressive. You serve on the Nassau Board of Directors, right? You work also with the Transformation of Care Coordination. You're a quality assurance trainer. You do community outreach. You're a Sanis U trainer. And I also sit on the Partners Health Plan on Feedback Committee, which is a feedback committee for both all members of Partners Health Plan to give feedback to help Partners Health Plan become a better insurance company. That's amazing. That's amazing. Talk to us a little bit about what you like to do in your personal time. So, if you have any, <laughs> I love watching. I love watching my smart TV. I love you. I have, I have a Nintendo Switch, which is like my favorite thing to do. And I and I and I love I love doing crafts and crocheting and things like yes, that. Yes, she does. And I make friendship bracelets. That's one of the things I've and I've done. I have a I have a, an Apple pencil, which I now can I, I can now do painting on with my pen. An Apple pencil. Yeah. Tell us what that is. So I, that's my one of my new things I've discovered during COVID is like I can do artwork on my iPad and send it and like digital artwork because a friend of one of the guys work with him one of the police groups during COVID he was showing me how he used his Apple pencil and made this beautiful piece of artwork and so yesterday actually yesterday I was doing a project for my provider agency for their DEI conference their diversity equity inclusion conference and they asked me to make a picture about different things that diversity is. And so I made a picture of a rainbow. I made a person of three hands that were three different colors. I made a picture of three different people and three different cultures and, and diff- with three different types of disabilities or representing um, different, different issues that are diversity, equity, inclusion. It's amazing. Well, you have some impressive resume, Jessica, and you've had one extraordinary journey and we appreciate you sharing all of this information with us. And I just have another question for you. What's next for Jessica? What's next? I'm not really sure. I would like, I would like my big goal. I tell people my big goal is one day I'd like to be um, working in the White House with with um, the president one day, being his like his like advisor one day. You want to be the advisor to the president? I would like to be the president's advisor one day for disability. Well, you are well positioned to do it. Yeah. You got my vote. Got my vote. Jessica, is there anything else that you think is important for our listeners to know about you, about Sani's, about your journey, about next steps? Anything that you think is of value to share? So right now we're with Sani you we're doing we were doing um a class, a bunch of a class with a bunch of people with um that are transitioning from high school. And one of the things I talked to them is the fact that when I was younger, I lived with my father and my father had to deal with teaching me about transportation, how to protect myself. Because I haven't always lived on Long Island. Before this, I lived in Yonkers. And it was like a big thing. Like when I went out to go to work, my dad had to teach me how to get on a bus. My dad had to teach me how to get off a bus. 
how to look for landmarks, how to look out to hold money, my lunch, what to do if somebody was out to get a, a female. These days, I think a lot of, I think a lot of these people, or not these days, but like 20 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. Or 30 years ago, we didn't have cell phones when I was in high school, so it was very important that I knew to carry money, and carry a key if somebody was chasing me, like things I would have to do to protect myself as well as making sure that I had proper things like a map, um, things like that to get to work and get home. You know, you bring up a very interesting topic, this whole concept of transition from high school to the adult services. And we here at Free, and I know other agencies participate in this effort as well, trying to engage the high schools to, you know, help facilitate the process of transition as families and individuals with disabilities that are transitioning out of the state education system into the adult education system or adult service industry, we really want to make that more of a seamless process. And I think Sani's would be an extraordinary support in helping people to learn self-advocacy skills as they're transitioning from high school. Yes, it's so very important. And and as well as teaching people that rights is so very important. I know when I was younger, I didn't know my rights. So teaching rights is so very important. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Bradley and I have spoken about disability Mm -hmm. rights on this show several times already. And it's certainly one of our priorities in hoping that we can communicate that to our broader audience. Jessica, we would like to extend our heartfelt thanks for you to you for participating in our show this morning. No problem. I, I, I love I loved being here. Thank you. Thank you. We really Thank greatly you, appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening, everyone. We really hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jessica about self-advocacy, self-direction, partners in policy, the Sanis University, and adult transition services. Remember to subscribe and rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a comment, tell your friends, and even send us an email at seeushearus at familyres.org. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time, everyone.